A reading from the first letter of Peter. Now who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated, but in your hearts sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear, so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which was prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphan. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments, who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. Those who love me will be loved by my Father. I will love them and reveal myself. God's commandments, by making God known to the world, 
that God will be with us every step of the way. We see here that Jesus' union with God was not a private, individualistic union in which their love for one another was primarily self-beneficial. On the contrary, the love of God and Jesus was a public love, first revealed to the world in the Incarnation, and then repeatedly revealed in Jesus' words and works throughout his ministry. And now we're asked to go and do the same. And we learn that the believing community in any generation will enter most fully into relationship with Jesus, precisely when it begins to take on and live out the love of the Incarnation. St. Paul describes it this way in his letter to the Ephesians. He says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, be imitators of God as beloved children of God, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and living sacrifice to God. We hear this every Sunday, don't we, after we exchange the peace and prepare to take up the offering. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God. Well, this, this is the way to experiencing firsthand the promises of Christ that I believe we all long for, such as that peace that passes all understanding and joy in abundance. I don't know about you, but I want this peace and this joy. So how do we get it? Well, here's the formula. Jesus spells it out for us in the continuation of this gospel. If we keep reading from what we heard this morning, he goes on to say, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, so that my joy may be in you, and so that your joy may be complete. How do we get My wife and I just watched a documentary called Happy. It came out in 2012, but we only just discovered it, and we've watched it twice in the past three days. It's fabulous. I highly recommend it. In it, this group of doctors set out to figure out how to measure happiness. Can you measure it in the brain? Can you measure it scientifically? They point out that doctors and scientists and healers and therapists have been studying depression for many, many years. And they wonder, why hasn't anyone studied happiness? How can that be? They want to find out what's the science of happiness. Can you measure it? They traveled all around the world and they studied people from every continent, every culture, every way of life. And what they found is fascinating. They found that there are three main pieces in the pie chart of happiness. One piece is determined by genes. It's genetic. It's what you're born with. I don't know if you can do much about that. 
second piece has to do with external circumstances, such as where you live, what your job is, where you go to school. But surprisingly, those external circumstances only make up about 10% of the pie chart of happiness. The third piece is what they call intentional behavior or choices for living. And this is a big one. In this third piece, we find such things as lifestyle, diet, exercise, being out in nature, doing what you love. They talk about being in the zone when you're doing things you love, like gardening or playing the piano. I imagine Robert's in the zone when he's playing the organ. When you do things you love, you're in the zone, and that's good for you. They can measure that scientifically. But you know they found that what really matters what really makes people happy is social bonding. Having close and supportive family and friends, social equity, charity, compassion, connection with others, interdependence between each other and the natural environment. It's all social. It's all relational. It's all about our interconnectedness. And then they talk about two types of goals that we have. We have extrinsic goals and intrinsic goals. In extrinsic goals, we look primarily for rewards and praise from without. And this is sought through our efforts to gain such things as money, image, and status. In intrinsic goals, however, we seek out that which is inherently satisfying, satisfying from within. And that's found through such things as community connections, and doing things to make the world a better place. They found that money, image, and status, the extrinsic goals, don't really make us happy. The happiness found in those things is short-lived. It doesn't last. It's like the quick hit of a drug that when it wears off, you want more. It's like winning the Super Bowl. Everything's magnificent for that moment, but then you wake up the next morning and start thinking, can we win it again next year? It doesn't last. But the intrinsic, internal, inherently satisfying actions and feelings around community connection and altruistic endeavors, they do make us happy. You can measure it, and it does last. They went on to say that competition leads to disconnection and isolation. That cooperation leads to satisfying and sustaining connection. They say that compassion leads to happiness, and that joy comes from connection to others. They found again and again and again that what really matters is being responsible for one another's well-being. Acts of kindness, practicing and cultivating compassion and altruism, charity, social bonding, which involves cooperative interaction and service and exchange. What really matters are faith, family, and friends. We found this to be very true when we went down to the Gulf Coast after Hurricane Katrina. We went down several times to help clean up and rebuild. And in neighborhoods where everything was gone, the houses were gone, the photo albums were gone, all the materialistic stuff was gone, we were just blown away by how people still looked happy. And we said, how can it be? You just lost your home. You just lost everything. How can it be that you're happy? And they said, we found out what really matters. Faith, family, and friends. 
the three F's. This is where lasting happiness is to be found. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Go and love one another as I have loved you. Go and keep my Father's commandments to love and serve God and neighbor. Go and give freely of yourselves simply because you can. And when we do these things, we'll notice, Jesus says, when we do these things, we'll notice that we have the Spirit of the living God flowing freely throughout us. But it's not always easy by any stretch of the imagination. There are times when life is very hard, when the challenges seem practically suffocating. That's okay, this documentary tells us. Adversity is not a bad thing. It's all about our ability to recover. They talk about the importance of acceptance, of being able to accept hardships and challenges. In fact, when we do recover from hardships and challenges, they say, we find ourselves to be happier human beings because in the process, we end up discovering a strength deeper within us that we ever knew that we had. We end up discovering the power and the presence of God in us. We end up discovering the love and the support of family and friends. It is, in fact, they say, through accepting and facing challenges and hardships that we find our strength, God's strength, and the community's strength. And in so doing, we find our happiness. And then they say, go and give it away, doing his works and keeping his commandments. This is what Jesus is talking about in this gospel passage this morning. You know, when I hear these words that Tony read in the Gospel, and when the Gospel of John keeps going, I always think about wedding service. 
Father the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, life from life, true God from true God, begotten of not created, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and the Saint Anna. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand. Spencer and Louisa, Peggy, and the Tillman family. 
Terrence, Eva, Susan, Deborah, Jane, Eric, Edie, Liz, those without jobs, those serving in the military, and all who work for peace. Are there others? Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We pray for the repose of the soul of Gene Smith, whose funeral was yesterday, and in his memory the altar flowers are given. And the Reverend King McLaughlin, Jr., friend of Robert Chartner. Are there others? We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. On this Memorial Day, we pray for those who have died in the service of our nation. O Judge of Nations, we remember before you with grateful hearts the men and women of our country who in this who in the day of decision ventured much for the liberties we now enjoy. Grant that we may not rest until all the people of this land share the benefits of true freedom and gladly accept its disciplines. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. O Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of your in the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us, and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, a lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Sorry to disappoint 
God, thanks and praise. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. God of all power, ruler of the universe, you are worthy of glory and praise. At your command, all things came to be the vast expanse of interstellar space, galaxies, suns, the planets and their forces, and this fragile earth, our island home. From the primal elements you brought forth the human race and blessed us with memory, reason, and skill. You made us the rulers of creation, but we turned against you and betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. Again and again you called us to return. Through prophets and sages you revealed your righteous law, and in the fullness of time you sent your only son, born of a woman, to fulfill your law, to open for us the way of freedom and peace. Why is and therefore we praise you, joining with the heavenly chorus, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all those in every generation who have looked to you in hope to proclaim with them your glory in their unending
accept these prayers and praises, Father, through Jesus Christ, our great High Priest, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit, your Church gives honor, glory, and worship from generation to generation. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us.
God who brought again, the God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do God's will, working in you that which is well pleasing in God's sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, 